Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello! <laughs> That's quite loud. Oh, sorry. So, uh, it's the new episode. Um, first off, just wanted to say, uh, I don't know what's going on with the Apple podcast thing. I know that people that listen to this are having problems with the Apple um app downloading them or something i think not last week but the well last week and then one from a couple of weeks before that had a problem i'm not sure what it is uh why they're uploading weird it's because i just upload them to one thing and then it gets distributed to loads of different stuff so i've emailed the people that i we post our podcast with to see what they say but i've heard nothing yet so um sorry about that uh, obviously if you can get it on a different app then uh, do that because we are on loads of different ones so if you've got spotify Run Spotify and Google Podcast, and like there's like eight or nine different ones. Just anything you can get podcasts on. Anchor's the one that we use. Um, so yeah, just because uh, obviously we'll upload this one, but I don't know if the same thing will happen again. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. But yes, what's going on with me? Well, obviously. Um, no, nothing, nothing. Nothing at all. I don't think so, unless you can think of anything. Burger related? Yeah. Um, no. No, not really. Uh, you, yeah, you're quite, uh, quite normal, quite thing. We've got into a good nighttime routine now, I've noticed. It's a yeah. bit more relaxed for you. Yeah. You've, uh, you've got loads of little things going at the same time you've always had kind of stuff going on but um i think now you've got way more stuff which i've noticed it's good for you to have like uh obviously you've got like your sudoku which we talk about and your reading and your keyboard and your jigsaws and uh yeah. yeah i think um i think because for me i don't really I, it's not that i don't like it i just i don't love tv i think for a lot of people that's like their standard go-to of you know, you get home from work and then in the evening you watch TV and I think that's quite a normal thing. But I just don't think it suits me that well. I like it sometimes, I like a little bit, but I don't like to just be sat there for like hours just watching a screen. It just doesn't doesn't really appeal to me. It's not something... And I, I've said it before, like, when I have... A, if I'm If I'm like on my own... It's not something I ever think... I never think about turning the TV on or watching TV. It's just not... It's not really my go-to. I will do occasionally, just not very often. It's not the thing that helps me relax. So I think, yeah, um, it's better for me with things like reading or just, just doing something that doesn't really involve a screen or just having to sit watching something I like. I prefer... I guess when I have to think more... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about your uh, thinking before anyway, because you do focus on, like, one thing at a time. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously, yeah, you like to do more thinking, more stuff that involves your brain. So, you know, like your puzzles and uh, we've just recently got the brain training on the Switch. That's, oh, yeah, that's really fun. That's like a brain thing, isn't it? There's something else you're doing, but I can't what it is now. Um, that's supposed to be good for your brain, but I can't what it was. It's something, something you just started doing. Oh, really? But it's interesting because obviously you only do like the one thought thing, so you like to do stuff that does your thoughts and stuff. Whereas I think because I'm the opposite, 
like I think all the time and I'm always thinking about stuff and there's always constant things I'm thinking about that I like having telly or movies or computer games or things that I can just sync everything yeah. in at once. But it seems to be um with me visual visual stuff seems to be more consuming uh and like stops me from doing other stuff than anything else. Audio stuff it works to some extent, but uh I can get distracted if I can see something that's distracting me. Um, and like things where I've got to write or read or that kind of thing, even though it's visual, for some reason it's not the same. For some reason, like reading a book isn't, uh, there's not the same effect for me as like watching something. Yeah, it's interesting. So I think with you, when you watch TV or when you like you play games and stuff, but uh, you do it too <clears throat> when you watch TV, is you tend to get, I guess, almost like foc- focus on that and it. I guess um, almost takes you out of the... Yeah, I don't know if it's because it's moving imagery and obviously, like, text is just a stationary thing yeah. that I can't stay focused with. But I can't I can't do that, so TV doesn't get me to zone out. I can't just focus on TV. It's not... It doesn't have the same effect for me. It's interesting because mm. we're quite different in... Yeah, what works for uh, whatever you get. We've mentioned it before. I think you get weird where you uh, you can't stay looking at something for too long. Like you always like I've had enough screen time now, and it affects your eyes. What we were doing the other day, we were doing something that involved like infrared imagery, which was interesting. So you know, like when cameras go into like infrared and it yeah. shows like heat signatures and that kind of thing. You couldn't. We were doing something where it was just using that imagery, and after a bit, you couldn't uh, you couldn't watch it anymore. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, yeah, and then, like, you couldn't be anywhere that had a light on yeah. for a bit after. So, like, you went into the kitchen and you had the light out and you couldn't move around. You had to move around in the dark and then you couldn't go to the bathroom with the light on. And yeah. for some reason, like, just looking at this infrared image, it wasn't even that long. It was, like, five, ten minutes of yeah. looking at it. And you said it messed with you. It's, it's weird. You've got, like, a problem with, like, flickering images. Where yeah, if do. you if you look at them for too long, it messes with you or makes you feel... I mean, what's it? how does it make you feel? I don't know. It makes me feel a bit sick, I would say. It just makes me feel not very well. And it also, it kind of makes me really irritated really quickly. Mm. Um, it, it's almost like I was fine with it because I was. I didn't realise that it was bothering me and it didn't seem to be bothering me. And then it was just all of a sudden I felt, I guess the closest way of describing it is kind of like seasick, but also really irritated. It was just like a flick of the squ- switch, and all of a sudden, I was just that was it. I couldn't, I couldn't look at it anymore. I was, I was out. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was, uh, yeah. It seems to have like a long-lasting effect from you. I even noticed, like, like the next day, you were still a little bit like weird. Yeah. By it. Um, which is odd that it has that much of an effect on your eyesight. Speaking of eyesight. Oh yeah, I had my. Uh, tests on my eyes my eye test thing that i've been talking about last few episodes i had it on uh thursday just gone um obviously i went for it initially to find out about uh if i'm sensitive to led lighting because where i work they've swapped all the lights out for led lights um and i've uh found that i'm like more irritable and uh i get more agitated uh I'd say a little bit more aggressive towards people. Uh, and I was wondering if it's the lights. I'd read that the lights have that effect on people or can do. Uh, something to do with the way the LED light works because it, it flickers, but the flicker is so, uh, it's so like 
quick that you don't notice it, but okay. your brain does pick up that that's what's happening. Uh, for some people with autism, apparently LED lights is just too bright and they can't see anything properly in it. Uh, it makes them have trouble like reading and that kind of thing. For others, apparently the flickering light makes them do repetitive behaviours because it's the the pattern of the light makes their brain work in a way that they just keep doing the same thing over and over again, even if that's just the same task over and over again or saying the same words over and over again or um, it makes like a thought process in their head just keep repeating itself okay. and they can't focus. Apparently that's something that comes from it. And just, yeah, I felt like since the lights got changed that I was becoming more and more agitated with work. So obviously I, my workplace sent me to this test. Uh, it was a really specific test. The guy that I went to see deals with just people with learning difficulties and autism, ADHD, anything like that that you know could be affected by the eyesight. And yeah, so I did that. did like an hour of tests with him. It's not NHS or anything. It's private, so you have to pay to have it done. It's not something you can request through your doctor or anything like that uh, because I found out about it through an NHS therapist I was seeing. But they, uh, they, they, you can't get it like done for, so I had to pay for it. But it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, turns out that I do have a sensitivity to LED lighting, but just the brightness of it is difficult. Uh, I always thought like I'd need like tinted glasses, like rose tinted or yellow tinted or something like that. But he did all the tests with them. Um, but then saying that, the thing that I found weird about those tests was uh, he put on loads of different colour lenses on my eyes and then had me read something to see like how I'd react. And uh, he he just was expecting like a massive reaction out of me, which I found odd. He said that he was expecting me to be like, wow, like, you know, this is a huge difference. Yeah. And obviously with me, I don't do big reactions to anything. So like if something is really good or if I do really like something, I'm not one of those people that you could tell. Yeah. Uh, it's just my reactions to stuff. You know, we covered it last week with the happiness episode. I, I don't have like big positive reactions to stuff. If something is good or if I like something, I tend to go, yeah, that's all right. You know, and that's how I react to everything, no matter what. And so I'm not sure because he, I think he kind of felt like I would have had a better reaction to, uh, honestly, he tried like blue, green, orange, pink, yellow, and there was another color, but I can't remember what it was. Um, and the blue, I've known with blue, blue makes it worse. Uh, yeah. Blue filters or anything make it worse for me. Uh, there's a guy that I work with that's... Uh, undiagnosed dyslexic and he uses like a blue filter for stuff and sometimes I've gone onto a till where his blue filter's done there and um, it's hideous like I can't see anything through it really uh, and then the yellow one I use a yellow one at work and that makes everything a lot better and when he put the yellow glasses on it seemed a lot better but yeah. my reaction to it was like oh yeah that's I kind of went yeah that's that's better actually that's better uh, and then the blue one I was like that's worse and then whatever but he just kind of went okay I don't think you need a colored filter because uh you know, your reactions to stuff aren't, you know... Aren't... You're not acting as though that's changed. Like he said, you he said usually when people have one that's really good, they're like blown away by it. But, you know, I have yellow glasses that I wear when I go out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I use a yellow filter at work. So I don't know if it's just because I'm used to using a yellow filter now that for me it's not like a brand new thing. Yeah. You know? So I don't know if I sold it. And you know what? There's sometimes where I... I think about that like in life in general where things could have happened to me or happened for me, but because my reaction to it was quite dulled down, people don't realise. 
you know, like there's things that I did want or would have liked, but then somebody's like, well, you didn't seem that bothered, so I didn't think we should do that. Or yeah, Joey, like even if it's like someone gets you a present and they see you react to something and they're just like, oh, I didn't think you really liked that because you know when we talked about it, you didn't seem that blown away by it. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? So like, I felt like that's happened a lot for me anyway, in general. Um, I think there's a few things that happened to me in school that were similar, where I didn't react to it in a way that NT people would react to it, and therefore they've just dismissed it as something that I'm not into. Yeah. And then later on, I'm like, no, I did like that. And they're just like, oh, well... Do you mean sort of like opportunities as well? Yeah, yeah I think like yeah. there's things that I could have done or could have been considered for, or, you know, people could have done for me, and... Uh, People just uh, like, oh, well, I didn't think you were that interested, so I gave it to somebody else, you know? Yeah. I've had that happen quite a lot with a few things. Uh, but I don't know, like, I don't know, you know, when stuff happens, I, I don't feel the need to put on this, like, big, like, wow, this is the best thing ever. Like, I just can't do it because when I do it, like how I've just done it just then, yeah. it comes across as I'm just being sarcastic. I have never known you to react. Yeah. To anything in in a way like that, I think it would be really strange to see you do it. Yeah, exactly, uh, and that's what worries me about when I do these sort of tests or exams, especially things to do with autism. I mean, this guy obviously says he dealt with autism and stuff before, but um, he, I don't know, it just seems like he was expecting all different kinds of reactions out of me that weren't going to happen. So I do feel like even though I went. After, when I was explaining it to you, I was thinking, like, uh, maybe I should have, like, laid it on a bit heavier with certain things and then he'd have done stuff. Um, it's the same with relationships as well, you know. Like, there's been times where I could have got in a relationship with someone, but they felt like they liked me, but they didn't think I was that interested in them. So it just went, oh, it doesn't matter then. Because, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of, it's more subtle with yeah. those on the spectrum. Um their reactions to stuff I suppose I'd, I don't do like big reactions to stuff it, I think people find it hard to judge whether I actually like something or not or you know whether they did the right thing or you know oh sorry did you not want me to do that you know I get a lot of that yeah um, and I think it's because they expect I don't know what kind of reaction out of me but they don't get it and that's what worries me about these like eye tests and that kind of thing um, but what I did find with his eye tests is even though I went for like an autism thing, the ADHD stuff with me apparently was more apparent than uh, the autism stuff to do with my eyesight, uh, so he says. Yeah. He explained how it was to do with like my reading or um, things like that. Apparently, like I have loads of weird blind sight, blind spots in my eyesight. And that was apparently due to the way my brain has developed with autism and ADHD, the way I look at things or read stuff. You know, I always say that I can't read because I can't concentrate. Yeah. He's saying that the way my eyes work, they don't, they jumble up words and move everything around too much because I can't focus on certain things at the right point. It's hard to explain on a podcast. He drew loads of diagrams to show me, but apparently there's like three fields of vision in your eye. There's a main one that reads the word individually. Then there's an outer one that looks at the next word that's coming along and merges it into the one that your main one's reading. And then there's a bigger vision that looks at the whole thing and realises that there's going to be another sentence and another bit here and then works out where to stop and start and that kind of thing. And apparently mine are really distorted. So I'm reading one word, but part of my eyesight is looking at a word like eight words across and I'm like jumping to that one and then missing words out and then it's looking at things underneath and then I... Because there's times where I'm reading where I do miss loads of words out because you've heard me read stuff. Yeah. 
But also, I sometimes forget what line I'm on. So I'll be on one line, then I'll miss a line out and then go underneath. There's been times where I'm reading one paragraph and then all of a sudden I'm reading a paragraph like below that one. Uh, and I've realised I've just missed like six lines out. Then I have to try and go back and work out where I was and I can't work that out. So then I have to start again on the page and I do that a lot. Yeah. And apparently that's just to do with the way my eyesight works. But he said that's more common with people that have uh, ADHD. And obviously I've not been diagnosed with ADHD, but... My last therapist says that that's most likely what it is. And, you know, now this vision guy is saying that that's the same, uh, that it's most likely that's to do with it. But he said there's not much that can be done. Uh, I can undergo light therapy that will retrain my eyes to do stuff properly. Um, Or I can just do nothing and just, you know, stay as I am. You know, I've got to this point now. I've not really needed anything. So it's a... yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I was thinking about like if I had the light therapy, does that mean I'd be able to read all the things that I keep saying I want to learn to do? Would I be able to learn them now? You know, it, it's uh, or would it just be a slight improvement? Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. So yeah, it's it's weird. It's uh, it's odd with your autism. Like you can either try and just work it out yourself, but then every time I've been to see like a professional of any description, they've kind of just told me. You know, something new. I found something new out. Uh, and that was going on with this. He says, I've got like the eyesight of somebody that would be considered a low achiever if it was someone else. He said that if I didn't have like autism or any that kind of thing, he said that if you had these eye tests done anywhere else, they'd consider you like a low achiever or having some sort of learning difficulty anyway. You can tell that by, by the way that my eyes work. So. What does low achiever mean? Well... He he showed me like a, a slide. One of them said like good eyesight for people that are like good reading, you know, good. Um, generally, I like, have that kind of like good vision, good academically. And then he said that my eyesight patterns are that to similar to a low achiever. So, you know, like somebody that didn't learn to read properly or didn't do well in school, just didn't pay attention to the way things work. And then their eyesight and their brain has developed in someone that didn't do well in school. Yeah. You know, so not not somebody that's got autism or ADHD, or any of that kind of stuff. Just somebody that, you know, just, you know, just some people just, school's not for them, you know? Yeah, they don't ac- pay attention academic. To yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said that my eyesight works in the same way as somebody that has not had, like, much of an education yeah. in that sense. He said that's what it looks like. He said, but then when you incorporate your ADHD and your autism and your field of vision and all that kind of stuff, he was like, you can see that, the reason this is, is not because I chose not to pay attention to school or didn't care about school or didn't learn about getting better. It's my brain that's made my eyesight develop the way it has, but I have the eyesight of someone that hasn't, you know, learned to read correctly or something like that. Yeah. He said that's how it could be portrayed if you didn't know about the disabilities I had and did the eye tests. He said your eyesight works like someone that didn't bother to, you know, learn stuff properly in school so even the earlier stuff when you all first learn how sentences work and how to read and that kind of thing i kind of have that if you know what i mean okay he's not saying i was a low achiever he's saying that if you just did the tests and didn't know that's what it looks like it looks like someone that would achieve very low grades in school and wouldn't do well through school that's interesting based on the way that i read stuff or the way i do things or the way my eyesight works it's similar in line with that. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, no, interesting. 
but it's another one of those ones where I've gone and got help and I've been to see someone to get like uh, my eyesight looked at and it was like when I got ADHD and I know that there's people that listen to this that have said on the group that I should still go get a diagnosis because there are things to do and they don't agree that the therapist I saw at the time said there's no point you doing anything about it you've got this far in your life without you know needing a diagnosis yeah and there's not much they can do for adults anyway and i know there's loads of people that have said there are things they can do for adults and i should go get it done um but this guy kind of he said the same thing he kind of said at this point in your life you could have the therapy if you want it he said it's not mandatory he has said that it might massively improve how you can do things and you might be able to you know, do better with reading. And, you know, when I say things like I want to learn instruments or, you know, I tell you stuff that I want to do, it might help with that. He said he can't be sure. Uh, and with the glare at work, he has suggested that I get coloured lenses, but uh, he suggested like brown lenses with like that filter into clear at the bottom. Yeah. Instead of like a coloured one. But like I say, I'm not sure about that because I didn't react in a way that he's used to so he might have given me a different result on that so I'm a bit confused about that one but he kind of just said that you know you've got this but you've got to 34 now and you know nothing's really done it yeah you know it, it doesn't really matter now you're at this point in your life uh do you really want to go through with it like obviously he, the therapies he does uh, he says are useful for children that are just starting school or early in their early school days yeah and he was like maybe if you were first starting out at school then maybe it would be useful for you but he said at this point you know what do you need it for if you think you want it then do it but you know yeah it's up to you uh and yeah it just uh yeah it just makes me think uh it's weird you know you know i've got like weird um issues with uh finding out about this stuff now when everyone's like yeah but it doesn't matter now could have been you know Maybe if we'd have done this sooner, things could have been different. And yeah, it was just it was just one of those uh, situations. I kind of came out of it going, that was interesting. But I kind of felt like I got a load of information that it doesn't matter now anyway. If you mm. know what I mean. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do with that? I don't know. It's just... There's still stuff that you can do. Yeah, I guess. I just... Uh, I, I don't see any, like... I haven't got any, like, big plans, you know, where having this information would be useful. Yeah, no, I understand that. I think if you, if there's nothing that you feel like you want to come out of it or change, then that's fine. But I just don't think you should think, I don't know, with, with you, like, I think sometimes you get this mindset of, well, I've come this far. And like, I don't know, there's there's always times where you see, you seem like there were things that you did want to do, but you now think it's too late, so you won't. Well, it's just, it's it's interesting, like, um, like I say, with the diagnosis of ADHD when I was a kid, autism when I was a kid, this eyesight thing when I was a kid, I'd have gone through school, you know, college, yeah. uni, with all that stuff in mind. Yeah. And then that's that's when I needed it, you know? Yeah. But now, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I'm missing out not reading books because I listen to audiobooks anyway. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, when I try and listen to factual stuff, I've tried listening to factual books, so non-fiction, and I can't focus on them whatsoever. Yeah. But obviously, when I listen to fiction books, I can. Um, yeah. If they're a book on something that I'm interested in. So that's... doing like I, It's not like I want to... I, I don't feel like I need... I've never felt like I'm missing out on stuff by not being able to read a book. 
you know I mean? Like, I don't feel like because I never learned to like speak another language or play an instrument, I'm missing out on something. Even though I have tried both those things, I can't really stay focused on them long enough to do yeah. them, you know? So I get that. And I know that like maybe if I'd have had help and stuff, but that's like hobby stuff now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not stuff that I would have needed. Whereas, obviously, back then, it's stuff that you have to do. You have to go through school. You have to go yeah. through uni. You have to go through college and that kind of thing. So, it's it's odd that I'm... I know I am putting myself through these tests now and having myself, like, therapies. And I am learning more about my autism. But some of the stuff I learn, I just think, that's interesting. But then, when I really think about it, I just think, but does it matter that I know that? Not really. Yeah. I also think there's a, a flip side to it in that you it could have been really beneficial and I'm sure it would have been like I'm sure there are a lot of things that could have been done but then I'm sure there were things that in not knowing and in almost I suppose the things that you did because you weren't aware you may have also developed and learned from those experiences as well yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, because I went through stuff not knowing what the issues are, I suppose. There are things that I can do now Yeah, that I am able to do, which uh, I suppose because I know how to do them, it's made me cope with a lot more stuff. There's, yeah. For example, just being able to talk to like strangers or go to situations that I wouldn't normally put myself in because I've done it so many times now that I'm used to it and obviously the first few times horrible yeah but now it's it's not like comfortable but I can get on with it if I need to yeah um so I guess I've learned to deal with situations that there are people that were diagnosed when they were younger that will have avoided since like they could avoid it and they've never had to deal with it you know, I mean, like I know some people that were early diagnosis and there's just things that they just can't do that I can do. But when I've spoke to them, our autism is not that different from each other at all. It's just I've got more experience in certain things than they do. Yeah. Um, but then they have a better understanding of their own autism because they've been learning about it since like they could learn about it. And therefore, you know, they understand it way better than I understand my own. Like I say, there's things that I'm convinced are how my autism works and then I'll do these tests or I'll have something and then someone will go oh no it's this and then I'm like oh god yeah since doing this podcast for example you know yeah when we started this podcast I would have said that I'm 100% you know autism pro I understand everything about my own (laughs) autism better than I ever could but just talking to people on our group you know people's responses to our things on this and things me and you have talked about yeah I've realized that um I don't know like everything about my autism um you know I used to compare really early on in these episodes that mine and your autism was almost identical to each other yeah uh the only variances were you're female and therefore you have some of the female traits that I don't have and that's it but you know as we've done these episodes and talked about it I've realized that mine and your autism is is nothing like each other it's completely different to it we don't have hardly any similarities apart from some of the basic stuff um yeah there are some similarities there's definitely more differences yeah yeah but it is interesting like I say I just I think there's um I think there is the way of looking at it as these things may have been beneficial but then in the on the flip side of that I think there are perhaps other things that were beneficial because of the way your your life panned out that perhaps you wouldn't have got um on the other side but that's just because you know I always like to uh 
Oh yeah, I'm not. Trying. I know. I'm not. Not I'm like. I'm not putting it as. I know it no, sounds no, I know. negative the way I'm talking about it. It's just for me. I mean, I used to think it as a bad thing, and now I'm, I'm like, I'm sort of indifferent to it. I don't mind either way. But yeah. um, it's just weird that I'm finding out all this stuff. You know, like after. Yeah. For me, it feels like it's too late to be telling me that now. Uh, yeah. Because what am I going to do with it? You know. Um. Because I don't have any plans that would require me to have that fixed. So, you know, I do agree with, I've got to this point now. So, you know, and you're similar. Yeah. You learn stuff about your autism all the time. You know how to make things easier for you in yourself, but you you don't particularly tell everyone about it. You You don't feel like had you have known in school or had you have known in uni, then it would have been easier. You don't feel like if you could go back and go through it all knowing you're on the spectrum that that would have had a massive impact. No, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it would have changed things. I'm sure I would have done things differently in hindsight. But, you know, I'm quite happy with where I am, I suppose, like in my development. Like, I, I, I think it's all right. Also, you know, there's future things to come you never know what's around the corner and whatnot <laughs> what are you talking about i don't know but i just think there's there's still just be- just because i've gone through education now um like schooling and everything i've done school and and university and just because i'm through that i just i don't think that that means that there's nowhere else to go educationally i still think there's there's opportunities there's things I can do um like I I always look at things that I can do to progress in either my field of work or or another field of work I I don't know that's sort of where I, I look at stuff though I look at what my um opportunities are like at the moment I'm looking at studying towards something else in in what I do at the moment so yeah. I think um but I, I find it interesting. I like knowing about myself. I do find it. Re- I find it interesting just learning new things, even if I don't necessarily take it and do anything with it. Just having the knowledge of what my how my brain works, I find quite interesting, and I think I can do with that. I can either do things with it, or I can just have the knowledge. I think it's quite nice to understand another area of your brain. Um, But equally, I think one of the differences for us is the way we are in the world, in like the outside world around people we know probably has an impact on that. Like with me, I don't really care how I'm seen. So I I dress kind of, I dress how I want. I dress really comfy (laughs) and I dress in what I like and I don't really think or care about how other people may see it and same with my behaviors I suppose I behave my own way I don't really care like to an extent I mean if I'm at work then I'm gonna behave in a way that is suitable for the workplace I'm not gonna uh, you know I'm not gonna be do something that would cause me to get in trouble at work because of my behavior or anything like that but I don't care about how people perceive me I don't need them to see me in a certain light where I think that is slightly different for you in that if we go to the shops for example you're never going to go to the shops in your pajamas 
Like like sometimes we we will go to the shops together and I'll be in my pajamas and you will have got dressed into a an outfit and equally you do behave in a way that is I mean we both mask but I think you have like a set almost way you like to be seen. Yeah. Which I just think helps you feel like you can function. Yeah. I guess it's it was say you you like I guess you like to learn stuff and know things because you just like to learn stuff and know things. Yeah. So like when you got diagnosed, you got diagnosed for yourself and you wanted to know how your autism worked and you found it more interesting. Yeah. Like even when you looked back on stuff that you did in the past that would be considered embarrassing or weird, <laughs> you were like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. That makes sense now and you're okay with that. I think my problem with this is it's I do feel like what's the point like it's too late me knowing that now yeah so why learn it at all so when I do find stuff out inadvertently like obviously I went to this eye test just to find out if I needed colored glasses to help me with lighting I just discovered this thing about myself that explains why you know I didn't do so well in school and that kind of thing yeah and you know there was when I was driving back from the eye appointment I actually got next to one of those um it was like a bus. It was like a mini bus that had like helping adults with learning difficulties. And it was different okay, types yeah. of therapy and that kind of thing. And I looked at it and I just thought like, what does it matter? Like at this point anyway, like I was looking at that bus and thinking that's great for them. But what about me? Like I feel fine I, now, yeah. but when I was driving, I kind of got annoyed that yeah. that I went through all the stuff I've been through mm. and nobody noticed because my my disability is not a visible one. And obviously with the way I present and the way I am, I don't look disabled. And unless you really interact with me for a length of time, you can't tell there's something weird about me. Not weird, but do you know what I mean? Different, Different. perhaps, yeah. It's when you go into the, like, these weird tests that you then find out that there is something that's... Do you know what I mean? Like every time I have these tests done now, because like, I used to have them done because I thought that's helpful, that's useful, I can use that. But now every time I have a new test and find out something else... I just think, well, great. Like, yeah, I knew that this would be your reaction as well. <laughs> like, I know, but like, that's what I think. I don't think, oh, that's interesting. There's a little quirk of mine. The guy even said at one point when he did, he did this this one on my peripheral vision, and my peripheral vision for me is weird. He said that he's never seen peripheral, peripheral vision like mine. Um, and it explains why I do certain things, or even like the way I go up and down stairs. Uh, he said, that's an interesting little quirk. And I almost <laughs> wanted to be like, quirk. <laughs> It's not an interesting little quirk. Like, why didn't someone tell me about this? Like, why tell me now? Like, I don't care now. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of came away. I genuinely came out of the, the appointment thinking, oh, that's great. All this stuff I know. And I was like, oh, that's so good. This explains this. I'm so happy. That explains why I can do that. I've not, I'm not like an idiot. I'm not this. But then when I got into my car... And sat down and started the engine. I just thought, oh, like, what's the point? Yeah, like, I, I then went straight into this, like, why even bother? Why did I come to this? Like, why learn something that's just going to irritate me more now? I was happy in not knowing that there's this other layer of something that means something. It's the same when I got diagnosed. When I got diagnosed, I felt great. I thought that explains everything. You know, everyone that thinks this about me is fine. But there was a period after where, you know, I ended up on like antidepressants and stuff because I was so angry with the fact that, like why tell me now why not tell me like 15 years ago like why why now am i like oh it's this yeah isn't that a relief and yeah. it's like no 
It's not a relief. It's a really annoying fact about myself that I can't decide whether I were better off not knowing it. Obviously, I do like that I know that I'm autistic. The autism's only been one of the ones that I am okay with. But now when I find these little things out like ADHD and that kind of thing, when the therapist said to me, you could do something about it, but, you know, basically, why? Why would you? It doesn't matter now. I did genuinely think, like, yeah, why would I? It doesn't matter now. And, you know, that's that's just how it is for me. Uh, and, you know, like, I do try and maintain, like, a positive thing towards this, but there is times where I feel like I was cheated. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could have had a easier time of things but nobody noticed because my disability is not one that you will pick up on and like you said the way I go out and the way I look and the way I present and the fact that I have learned how to do things that some people on the spectrum can never do yeah makes it even worse because you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not uh disabled like to everybody else I'm not like a intelligent person that's got a disability I'm just a low achiever with an attitude is what I come across to everybody. Like, do you know what I mean? That's what it seems like. That's what I come across as. I come as someone with, like, it's got a weird attitude towards things who, do you know I mean, hasn't really done well with stuff. Well, I think, I, I understand what you're saying, but what I think is quite interesting about that is I think that that is part of the way that you want to present in the fact that when I say you have a set way that you like to be perceived it's not that from that a lot of people would take that as like you want people to like you but that's not how you are it's not to do with wanting people to like you it's almost like you want people to see you as um just a a, a little bit mean not not mean mean surly yeah <laughs> you want people who and that is kind of the the version of yourself that you put across in the outside world. It is your mask, is to be a little bit standoffish, is to be a little bit... You don't want people to be scared of you as such, but you want people to be a little bit wary. And I think that some of that is so that you, you know how to mask this kind of surly person. You know how to act like that. It also keeps people kind of at arm's length. No one tries to get too close in that sense. But um, I I do think that that's kind of how you want to be perceived. So then when you say like that perhaps people see you as this low achiever with an attitude, I think that, that some of that is uh, kind of what you want, though. But do you know what it is? Like with my grades at school and that kind of thing. <laughs> Every time I actually put genuine effort into like a coursework or an exam or that kind of thing, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I never revised for an exam in my life, never once, because as you can imagine, of the rare occasions I did try, do you know when people did like post-it notes and all that other different, it didn't matter. No matter what I did, I could not focus long enough to revise. So I just yeah. thought this is really futile. All I'm doing is like agitating myself and I'm not achieving anything, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah. So I didn't, but I didn't do that badly in my exams considering I didn't revise. Do you know what I mean? I got average grades and everything. But the point was with like coursework and homework and that kind of thing, when I did put all my effort into it and did try my best to get like the highest grade I possibly could, the grade I got was identical to the homework and coursework when I just thought, who cares? Yeah. I'm not going to bother. They were always the same. I always flatlined the same grade no matter how much effort I put into it. And when I used to like think I've done really well this time, I'd give in my work at school. I'd be like, this is great. I'm definitely going to get a B. I'm definitely going to get a This is the best thing I've ever done. 
And then they give me back the paperwork and it's like, D, must try harder. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, my need to go and, like, throw the coursework at the guy and he's like, what is wrong with you? Like, I have done everything I could for this. I don't understand. And I realised that it bothered me loads that I, no matter how hard I tried, it was always the same. It was always the same no matter what. Um, like, I had a, what's it called, when your grades are capped. It was like that. You know, uh, like when you fail a year at uni and then yeah. no matter what, you're going to get this grade no matter what you do. Yeah. I always felt like there was that going on with me. Like the teachers had some sort of agreement where they'd cap me at this certain thing no matter what. I could never get higher than a C. A C was the best I was going to get. So like, the po- well, the point I'm making because I'm going a bit weird here, but like is no matter how much I tried, I got a C and it used to bother me so much when I'd be trying so much and then be like, what's the point? So I used to, that's when I think I started putting on the the attitude of, I don't care. Yeah. Because then when I got the rubbish grade, I'd just be like, whatever, who cares? Like, I don't even like this course. And everyone else would look at me and just think, he doesn't care. Because I didn't want people to think that I was stupid, you know? Yeah. So I... like, I just thought, pretend like you didn't care in the first place. Do this attitude of, you know, a little bit surly, a little bit standoffish you know, not bothered, because then when the grade comes back, people don't look at you and think you're an idiot. They just think you don't care anyway. Like that's, you know, you could have got a better grade had you have wanted to, but you don't want to. So you didn't. So you're where you want to be. So like that was fine, you know? Yeah. Um, and it only it's only now where I'm finding out the reason that stuff was happening was because of things like my eyesight uh, and the way I process stuff. And because of my automatic. Now I just think like, great. Like, so that's what it was. But at the time, obviously, I'm thinking about all the times I got like a really rubbish grade for something and then just thought, I don't understand how that's happened. Are you sure that was my coursework? Have you not given me somebody else's? Do you mean like there's loads of periods where I was younger and just didn't understand what had happened? And I have these meetings with teachers where they'd explain it to me what happened and what they're saying doesn't make sense. And I was saying things like, but I did do that. And they'd be like, well, you didn't do that because then you would have got a better grade. And I'm like, no, seriously, I did do that. And they're just like, well, you didn't. Like, don't argue about it. And I'm just, I'd just be really, like, frustrated. And it might explain why I get angry all the time about everything as well. Yeah. You know, and it's because of stuff like this that nobody picked up on because I have an invisible disability. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Do you mean, like, I haven't really talked to you about the eye test until we did this podcast, to be honest. I only talked about what they did, but now we're talking about it. I actually am more annoyed by the result of this eye test than I thought I was. Yeah, I knew, I knew you would be. I think <laughs> I think I already knew what was what was going to happen. I think um yeah, well I think with you there's what kind of what you said they are there are those two elements to the personality, the attitude which we've just gone into and and yeah, the lower achiever which again we've sort of gone into where I think a lot of it comes from almost like a I guess a lack of confidence so you almost deliberately don't do or or at least make it look like you don't you're deliberately not doing um something to to a particular way so that people don't think that you have underachieved I suppose but also I think there is there whenever things like this come up whenever you do find out more stuff about yourself I do think that it, it usually gets taken instead of um and and not that you you can take it however you want but I think sometimes um people will take things and think that's interesting that's something that I can you know store and and have knowledge of that but I do think uh sometimes with you 
it it makes you think about things a lot and it almost makes you a little bit resentful yeah yeah it does tend to have that effect and i don't know if that happens with other people as well because it doesn't necessarily only happen to people that have been diagnosed late either i don't think that this just comes from this i think almost in a way it's kind of a resentful thing at having Asperger's and autism as a whole I think this could happen to anyone that's on the spectrum in that they may think if I just didn't have this would my life be different and I don't think that everyone has that attitude or opinion because I I don't think that that happens to me but I do think that it is a common thing that that comes up for people because essentially yeah your, your life could be completely different you could be a completely different person but I think that with you, there is there is always a kind of a what if that you think about a lot as well, because with everyone, there's a what if. But I think it's something with you that you think about a lot. And it's not just to do with your autism, your, your, your Asperger's or anything like that. You do it with with a lot of things in life. You go, well, what if I had bought that game and then I could have been playing it right now and may, I'd know if I like it and I wouldn't be thinking about buying it right now because I would have just bought it and it would have been done. What if I had um, done that thing a year ago, then I wouldn't have to be going through this now. You kind of like it with a lot of things. Um, but I don't know if that is coming from your autism or whether that's just a personality trait of yours. I don't know. Um, to be honest, I didn't start what if in until I was diagnosed with autism. Oh, okay. So before that, I never used to what if anything. Okay. Um, I used to just, I was more sure of things I did. Yeah. Um, but I was, that's because I was always convinced there was a payoff coming. Yeah. So if that makes any sense. So before I was diagnosed, I thought the reason that I didn't do well academically or in work or, you know, relationships or that kind of thing was because I was meant for something else. So yeah. I used to do that instead. So I used to think that the reason this hasn't worked is because that's not for me. And the reason this hasn't worked is because I wasn't meant to do this. And I always thought that what would happen is I would either get into that relationship with someone that was the right person for me or I'd take a job that was the right job for me uh, or, you know, or go do a course somewhere. Yeah. And all the stuff that was a obstacle or something that was difficult for me wouldn't exist and it would be perfect and everything would be right and I'd know I'd picked the right thing. Yeah. So I used to do that instead. I used to be like, it doesn't matter that I've made this decision because eventually the right thing will come along. I've yeah. just got to figure it out. And I used to drive myself mad because I never wanted to go out and experience new things. So I used to like have this weird conflict in my head where I'd be like, if I'm never going to go and meet people, how do I know that, how will I ever meet the right person? You know, if I'm, if I'm not going to leave the job I'm in now and take a different job, how am I ever going to find the right job? Yeah. I used to have that instead. So I used to have this like weird thought in my head of you need to do new things but obviously yeah. I didn't realize that my autism was the thing that was making me stay I used to think like I hate this place why do I keep coming back here and I didn't realize it's because of routine and I didn't realize the reason I hated the place is because there were things within that place that were triggering my autism in a bad way yeah and then obviously once I got diagnosed uh it was kind of like I'd got diagnosed and then I was you know I kind of worked out there's not going to be that perfect thing and that's yeah. why I wasn't finding it. The issue is not that I'm not in the right place. The issue is that there's something with me that makes everything slightly different. Uh, and I experience it differently to others because of this thing. 
And then the what if started coming because obviously I had the big realization of all the weird points in my life before diagnosis where this happened because of this. Yeah. And then I started thinking, so what if I wasn't autistic or what if I had been diagnosed when I was younger? What if somebody else would have noticed, you know, what if I'd have chose something else? What if I didn't go here? What if, yeah. my mom, you know, what if like I hadn't listened to this person? What if I'd have realized that I can't make decisions in a way that's, you know, whatever. It opened up this whole point of like me thinking, looking back on everything and just thinking, oh, no. Uh, and then it moved into little things. Should I get tomato sauce? What if I want mayonnaise? Yeah. And then like it became like that. Like now I started thinking, well, it doesn't matter now. I've, I've got to make certain decisions. And then, yeah, then like I used to like getting therapy and learning everything about my autism. But there came a point where it started going the other way where I started thinking, don't tell me that now. I don't need to know that now. Yeah, actually, I think I think this is quite an important thing to talk about. I'm glad that, you know, we've got we've got to the episode topic <laughs> <laughs> of of what if it's such a big part of your personality. It it really is. It's something that I would say comes up with you probably daily. Yeah. Not just autism related like I say, but just with you there is always this what if that had been done differently and you are a bit of a a dweller, I yeah. would say. Not and it's it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing either. It's in some ways it can be beneficial and in some ways it can be a, a drawback. But I do think that it's it is quite an important thing in your personality that is something that I think you do genuinely struggle with, is that you are always thinking, What if that had been different? What if this had been different? And it it comes up all the time. It like even the other day, for example, we were out for a walk. We were talking about how you got the job that you're doing now. Mm. And we were talking about it. We had quite a, like, a long chat about how you got there because we we were both talking about our experiences at university and we hadn't realised that we'd done a similar thing. Yeah. Um, so so then, <laughs> then we got talking about the job that you were doing then and then how you got into the job that you're doing now. And it was quite a nice conversation. I was learning quite a lot about you. But then one when the conversation drew to a close, at the end of it, you went, and if I just hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have got the job I'm doing mm. now and I wouldn't have to be in retail. And it was... <laughs> and it was it was a great conversation it wasn't that that threw this huge cloud over it or anything like that yeah, it yeah. didn't it was still quite a light-hearted fun conversation but I think that's a thing with you because yeah you might not have been doing the job you're doing now which I know sometimes you don't enjoy um and you know sometimes you find retail quite difficult but then equally you don't know what could have happened you may have found something different and it may have been great, but it may have not been as well. There are There is also the possibility that it could have gone really badly. And the thing you're doing now has been a, almost like a, a nice support line for you that you, you may not have realised because, you know, things could have gone differently. But I think with you, it's always... There's always like there's, there could have been something better and you've almost just missed out on it. I think that's almost like this... this behind thought in your head it's a, it's like a subconscious underlying yeah i suppose so i, I just mean, I, I suppose if i look at it because obviously i always think like well you're in a similar boat to me even though you were diagnosed when you were 21 one. Mm, yeah yeah uh and obviously i was diagnosed when i was 26 like there's there's only five years difference so and you know by the time you got diagnosed you'd been through all the same things i'd been through yeah you already did school, sixth form, uni. Yeah. 
you know, you'd done the same stuff as us. You had a job, you'd moved, you've done, you, we're pretty much the same, except that I'm just older, so I worked in a job longer than you did. But that's it, really. Mm-hmm. But you're not like me. When you got diagnosed, you haven't really thought, you know, I've been cheated here. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you'd, you'd never had that. You thought, you just thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. And, you know, to start off with, I used to think, well, yeah, that's because we're different in that sense. You, academically, academically, are really good at that kind of stuff. Like, you're good. I, there's no point pulling that face. I know how you feel about it, but you are. Like, you you did well, like, with most, with everything you do. When it comes to learning and, you know, doing the things, you academically are how I would wanted to have been when I was in school, uni, that kind of thing. Like, the way you absorb information, the way you do stuff, how good you are, that kind of stuff. And the trade-off is, I'm good socially. <laughs> but really bad with the academics and you're really good with the academics, but you're horrible social. Like your, your ability to socialize is bizarre. Like you, I think you've got like a niche like thing for people that get along with you. Not that people hate you. I just think they talk to you and just think, I'm not sure what to do with this. Uh, and you're quite awkward around people in general that you don't know. It takes you a while to warm up to people and get used to them. Uh, and then when you are used to them, you're still weird, but they've kind of just come to go, yeah, that's just the way she is. I like it. I'm not saying you're hated and you're not like Marmite or anything like that. People don't think like, oh, I don't like Scarlet. I've never heard anyone say I don't like Scarlet. Um, but I do think to start off with, you're quite quiet. You're yeah, quite, I'm quiet. You're quite shut off. And then eventually, you know, there's a small group of people that actually have spoken to you, spoken to you. You know what I mean? Like in your life, I imagine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just that's just the way you are. Um, but I always think like, because, you know, you've got a good job because like, you've always done well with like your things you want to learn, you just learn them, you know, uh, I always think like, that's why you're okay with the late diagnosis because all you've done is you don't have a lot of friends and you're weird around people, but you don't care about that because why would you? I don't think that I have to be the way I am socially. It's just the way I am. So I think that you got the better deal with the late diagnosis over me. But then really, I, I think it's just because you don't you you don't care that it's late. You don't you, you realise there's nothing you could do about it anyway. So why bother? But you also like the information you're getting about yourself because you think, now I know that, that'll be handy if that comes up again. Yeah. I'd also just throw in just because it's interesting you say that because I understand the way you're coming from. But when I got diagnosed, I mean, through through diagnosis, when I got diagnosed, it was slightly different. But we were working the same job. I know. In the same position. Yeah. At the job. And then when, when I actually got diagnosed, I had left yeah I had left but I was still doing I wasn't doing the job I'm doing now I was still doing a it was still kind of retail just on the phone yeah so it wasn't um like I was in a different to you really yeah oh sorry about that I just blew at the microphone (laughs) um so so yeah it's interesting that you think that is I like sometimes I think you see things kind of like the way you described what happened to me there was, I think, was almost, it was a little bit distorted. Well, this is what I mean. Like, you can never really know 
what other people's diagnosis is. And everybody gets diagnosed for their own reasons. Those that haven't been diagnosed but know they're autistic haven't got diagnosed for their own reasons. It is just the way it is. But obviously, all of us on the spectrum, you know, because of the whole uh, empathy yeah. thing. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Um, you just have to you just you use your own self as if you were them yeah but you can't take into account well i can't their experiences and who they are and you know put yourself in their shoes i can't do that i just literally think if i was you now but i've had my life that i've had up until now i just figured when i got diagnosed i looked back on all the things and i just thought this is rubbish um whereas i just figured you did the same thing and the reason you weren't reacting like I reacted is because I thought, well, of course you're not. You're doing well in your job. You had your first promotion at work in the same job as me when you were 20. You got promoted. Was it 20? 19. 19. There you go. <laughs> so you got promoted in your first job when you were 19. I didn't get promoted in my job until I was... I started working there when I was 29 I got my first promotion in any job I've ever had. Every job I've ever had was a base level job. And the only time I ever got promoted, I was 30. So like I tried to get promotions in previous jobs and always told no because I wasn't suitable because of the way I was. Obviously pre-diagnosis. Um, and the reasons I didn't get promoted were to do with my Asperger's when they explained to me why now looking back on it, that's why. But I'm not saying that they discriminated because I didn't know. So yeah. how could they have been? Um, you know, once again with the invisible disability thing. Um, so I just figured you've already been promoted and you're 19, you know, mm. like you have already, you moved out and left home way earlier than I did. You know, like you, you were, be I know you don't admit it, but when we both did the supervisor job at CEX, I always thought you were better at it than me, even though you don't think you were, you were, you understood concepts of that job that no matter how much I tried to learn it, I couldn't learn it. Um, and you just picked it up, you know, and I've seen that with you now. You just pick stuff up. When we got the keyboard, you were playing, like you played it. I know it was an easy song, but like after like 15 minutes, you were playing like whatever, I can't remember what song it was now. It was a, it was like Pop Go the Weasel or something. <laughs> but like you, that was 15 minutes of playing a keyboard and I've had guitars and instruments and that kind of thing. And I, no matter how I play them for hours and still can't play a tune. You know, and I had guitar lessons at school and after like two years of guitar lessons, I still can't play anything. So I just saw that and just thought, this is why you're not angry about your diagnosis like I was, because you don't feel like you've missed out on anything due to the fact that you weren't noticed. And you were just kind of like, oh, that's an interesting little bit of information there, which obviously <laughs> you weren't. And I'm not like talking it down. No, no, I know. But at the time, that's how I saw it. And then I started to work out and I thought it's because... You can pick stuff up, you can learn things, you can do stuff, and all you've traded off is how you are socially, and you don't care about that <laughs> like I wouldn't care about that. So that's why you're okay with it. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, I've distorted it, and because obviously that's what I do, that's what a lot of people on the spectrum do in general. You think you know how other people are. Yeah. So you just assume that that's how they've been, and the reason they're not doing what you're doing is because of some reason that you make up in your head. So I just figured the reason you were okay with your diagnosis is because it didn't affect you in the same way it affected me because there weren't things that you just thought, oh, well, you know, I should have been able to do that. And I didn't, you know, you don't what if because I feel like you're okay with where you are now, diagnosis or not, if you know what I mean. Like even yeah. when you got diagnosed, you got diagnosed 
just for your own peace of mind so you'd know if you're autistic or not but you've never done anything with it because you don't want to. So that in itself makes me think this is the difference between me and you, is that you being diagnosed as autistic hasn't really impacted anything. You've just gone, oh, I know now, good. And then you just carried on as normal. Yeah. Whereas for me, when I got diagnosed, it changed how I perceived everything. Yeah. Because I started to realise why. I had this big like revelation that everything. And then since diagnosis, I've never looked at anything the same way again. Okay, yeah, it is It is really interesting, actually. It's, it's interesting to go through um, and dissect, because this is only one part of your personality. There's so many things in your personality that I, I genuinely feel like we could talk about, because you've got... And I, th- I mean, everyone has really interesting and unique personalities. It's, you know, everyone has their own unique things. But I do think this is quite a big, a big part of you, is this I like I knew when you went to this appointment that you were going to have this thought afterwards I knew it was going to happen because it's what happens with you I knew that you would come out of it and there would be a part of you that goes way back to like day one of of you being born and goes if I had known this then (laughs) day one how would my life be different now and that's something that happens with you all the time you you always go right back or maybe not day one but maybe day one of school <laughs> of day one of nikki's goes to school oh, i used to go back like to when i'm like i'm always a young child yeah uh, every time i get a new bit of information about my behavior i just think okay cool can you mail that back to like five-year-old me then please yeah it, it is interesting and also you i think one of the things that obviously we we both know that you can't change things that have happened but i think i know that and have accepted that and i think there's a part of you you've accepted it but i don't know there's always this little thing of like you could have you you really want to change things so i know i can't yeah and i know it's impossible yeah and i know me saying this Sounds a bit nuts, I suppose. But when I hear stuff like that, I do genuinely think I can change what's happened already. Yeah. For some reason, and I don't know why, and I've always done it, I believe there is a way for me to go back to when I was a child and do something about this. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from, and I don't know why it is, and I know there's no way I can time travel back in time to fix any of the stuff that's already happened. And all I can do is deal with the stuff I've got now you know what I mean like I'm, there's no reincarnation I suppose you know for me like I do sometimes think well next time I'll do this instead yeah. and then I think but I'm talking about like reincarnation now you know what I mean like or I think like I can go for some reason the concept of me being able to change what's already happened or have a second go at this seems more plausible than me just accepting how things are Mm. i don't know why even though i say it out loud and it does sound a bit weird uh no i think this is something that's actually really good to talk about because i i feel like there there must be there there will be other people that can relate to that and it's probably kind of nice to hear somebody else say say it too yeah but like for some reason those concepts of either at some point i'll be a child again and i'll know next time or i think i can somehow warn my like child self that this is what it is get yourself diagnosed now while you're young yeah um 
for some reason, those ideas seem to make more sense or the next thing I need to do more than just it doesn't matter now. Like, you know, use what you've got and do something with it. Um, for some reason, I, I don't think about that. I don't come away from the eye test thinking, oh, cool, now I know why this makes sense. And I know why I can't do this. And that's cool. I just think, right, now I need to sort out what happened to me in school with it. And like, if for some reason it, it doesn't, even saying it now, it doesn't occur to me that I can't do that. Even though I know I can't do that, it doesn't disappear from my head that that's what I need to do. I think, um, so with with this episode, unfortunately, I don't think there is necessarily a way to, to, to like a, a, a conclusion, like a solution, really. No. That, that's not, but I think the the main thing from this is just like a really honest talk about how you think about things because I'm I feel like hopefully there are other people that can relate to this and you know it might might bring some form of comfort but it's also not to say that this thought process is always a bad thing either because in some ways it's probably some sort of coping mechanism that if you didn't have that it might lead you to something that's not that that is perhaps worse so perhaps this is a way that you your brain copes with things yeah that you don't like to necessarily hear yeah like i'm not miserable no. uh, and i don't hate my life so no. it's it's not like i spend all my time dwelling on what could have been i just uh for some reason can't stop thinking about uh you know, what I could do with the information I've got, because I guess I can't see a way of using it now, but I have the information now, so I'm trying to work out what to do with it. And it might just be that, that I just don't know what to do with the information of being diagnosed. I know for a lot of people getting diagnosed uh, is a huge relief and it makes loads of sense for them. Yeah. Um, Or people that are in a relationship with someone, you know, you're married to someone you've got kids with someone, you know, and then they get diagnosed as autistic, it makes your relationship better because now you have a better understanding. Yeah. I guess for me, the information I get, I don't see the point or I don't see what I can do with it that is beneficial. Therefore, I think, why tell me? And I think I'm looking for something. One of the things I've noticed with you, for example, is you will learn stuff just for the sake of learning it. I mean, you learn how to do things, you learn how to understand things. Um, like, for example, we watched the TV series Chernobyl. Yeah. Uh, and you learned how a nuclear reactor works, like, quickly, like, while we were watching it. Not like you now are a nuclear physicist. <laughs> but you understand the principles or the basics of nuclear fission and, like, how nuclear reactors work. And you're like, oh, that's good, you know. Now I know how that works. So when they said stuff, you understood what they were talking about and you found it really interesting. Um, whereas for me... I feel like I, if I learn something, I need to then do something with that knowledge. Otherwise, why did I learn it? Yeah, like everything in your head needs to be utilised. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. When I learn this stuff about ADHD and my eyesight and my autism, I think, cool, now I've got that info, I need to do something with it. And then I can't work out what to do with it. So I think, well, what then? Maybe I need to like warn past me about it instead then. And obviously couple that with my what ifing. That's what yeah. I then start thinking. That's definitely what I need to do with that information. Um, but then it also makes me dwell on like things that have happened that I can't do anything about. And then I get frustrated because there's nothing I can do about them. But then I start to believe I can. It's it's a weird cycle for me. Whereas you just like to know stuff for no reason other than you like to know stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, like all information is useful for me. Yeah. But um, I think also, as as you said, you said like couple with, I'm going like to thrapple with. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, but also I think because um, it's a, a really common trait for people on the spectrum is to have repetitive thought processes. And I think it's also a repetitive thought process. You're in the habit of doing it now. It's just something that that has to be done almost. But it is really interesting. And I do actually really like talking about things. Like I, I've enjoyed that this has been just an honest talk about how things in your head work. Because, uh, I mean, it's just important to, well, hopefully to have people relate. Yeah, I mean, anyone listening to this that also has a similar thought process to me, I guess it's good to know that you're not the only one. I do it too. Uh, But then also people that also do this or understand what I'm talking about, if you do have any pointers or advice, (laughs) like also like even though me and you do this podcast, we're not like trained experts in autism. This is just our experiences and how we feel about our own autism. There's nothing about what we say is this is how this works. You know, it's different for everybody. So um, I equally don't understand everything as I've said really so if you're listening to this and you have similar thought processes to me but you also have learned some tricks or have advice that you think would be useful for me to know feel free to tell me about it um you know I, I like I say I don't I don't know everything about this and at this point I'm not sure what I do like it started making me not want to go see you know, therapists and any of these like stuff anymore because I just think I don't need to know any more about this really. So if any of you have got like advice, uh, that would be great as well. Yeah, I because I I think it's it's difficult because I think like learning stuff can be really beneficial, but I think you'd have to go in there with the mindset of I might learn something, but it might not necessarily change things, and you need to accept that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I learn stuff, but it, especially when it comes to like this sort of stuff, I always feel like I'm learning it for a particular reason. Uh, and yeah, I just need to, I guess, realise that sometimes it's just a fact-finding thing. Yeah. But that's probably it for this week. Unless there's anything else you want to add? No, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, usual places if you want to talk to us. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just look for them, Asperger's. There is a private group on Facebook as well if you want to get in there and talk to other people with similar experiences to yourself, autistic or not. You can either talk about your own experiences or if you've got any questions, just ask and somebody will talk to you about them most likely everybody's good at answering the stuff on there there's also an email which is them asperger's at gmail.com um if you want to send us something privately and you're not somebody that uses social media you can get us that way as well um or private messages through any of these social media as well that also work we get them also um we're not the fastest with the replies but that is you know it's just uh, my bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do try and check them as regular as I can. I'm just not as quick. I would say our reply time is like a week or two. Um, but as long as you're okay with the wait, we're not ignoring it. It's just uh, it takes us a while. Uh, especially with me because I tend to read stuff and then I need time to think about what I'm going to say back. Because if you just get a reply from me after I've read it, you'll get a one-word reply from me going, great, thanks, yes, I agree. And obviously some of you want like more than that. So I need a bit of time just to think about what I'm supposed to say. And I say a bit of time. I mean, most of the time I need to talk to Scarlett because Scarlett actually is the one that comes up with the good replies. I come up with the quick, cheers for that. 
Fresh Scarlet's you're more of a response. You're good at responding, I think. <laughs> but you don't check social media all that much, so I have to tell you about it, and then I yeah, I'm terrible. Yeah, you don't really check it. Whereas I do check it, but then I read it and then think I should tell Scarlet about that, and then I get distracted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week. Um, like I say, if I post this one again and if it has problems on the Apple Podcasts, I apologise for that. I don't know what the problem is at the moment. I'm not sure because it seems really like random. So I'll post this one and hopefully it will just work. Uh, but looking at our listening figures, uh, it seems like those of you that use Apple Podcasts, because Apple Podcasts is our main, um, it's the main platform that most people use to listen to this. Our numbers aren't like going down because of it. So I'm assuming that most of you that use Apple Podcasts have already figured out a way of getting to us uh, either way. But hopefully when this one goes up, it will just go up normally. Yeah. And like I say, sorry about that. I have emailed uh, Anchor about it, but I'm just waiting back. Thank you so much if you have had to go to extra trouble to find us. We do really appreciate it. Yeah, and yeah, and definitely. thank you just in general to everyone for listening to the episode. We do. We really appreciate all of you. Thank you a lot. Bye.